Welcome, everyone, to this episode of The Coaching Practice. I am very excited to welcome Lindy to this episode. I am excited because she may be one of the coaches who has been in the game of, of this startup in the coaching practice the shortest. This excites me because the, the, the goal of um, the second season is, is, is to give the coaching community a, a, a real-world experience of what it takes to set up a coaching practice. So, welcome, Lindy. Thank you very much, Dupi. Lindy, give us a picture of how you came into coaching. So I had worked for about 15 years as a senior executive. At some point, I had worked as a, an, an acting CEO for mm. more than two years. Mm. And after this very rich experience, I thought to myself, before I exit, let me prepare uh, so that I can be able to contribute even after I leave the corporate world. So I went mm. to Vets University, did a master's program in coaching. And then I also did a postgrad uh, diploma in mm. coaching as well from a UK academy. Mm. And, and that brought me into coaching. And actually to be even as a leader, and that mm. I think this is important. Mm. Uh, my approach was that of a leader as coach. Mm. So when, when I led teams, when I led individuals, I guided them as a coach rather than as a punitive authoritarian leader. Mm. Mm. Yes. Lindy but I was... also found that... Oh, sorry. No, continue. I, I found that so many people uh, had coached me along the way as a young professional. So I didn't just get onto the top of the organizations that I worked for, but mm. there were people that were willing to coach me and, 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 and assist me. Mm. Yes. Were these people coaches per se, or were they, was their leadership style coaching? Center? It was just their leadership style. Eh? Mm. Sure. Yes. Lindy, I, I'm so curious with such a, um, a storied career as an executive, um, and I mean, <laughs> you say it in one breath, but it's, it's amazing. You, you thought, okay, I want to leave my mark and you quickly go do a master's and then do another qualification. What brought that about? Did, did you, how did, I mean, why did you choose to do a master's in coaching from, from where you were at that, at that stage? Did you experience a formal coaching session? Did you just give us a bit of insight around that part of your story? Actually, I had experienced formal coaching as an as a, remember now, uh, and I think that must shift, that must change. Mm -hmm. Senior executives have got access to coaching, but I think that must go down to lower levels now, to teams, mm -hmm. because the, the world has changed. Uh, the world is demanding more and more from teams. Mm -hmm. So I had, ex I had been exposed to coaching and I just thought, this is something that I want to do as a way of giving back when I finish my stint as a senior executive. Mm. Yes. So, so then you enroll in the masters and you, you get that qualification, you graduate, you do the other qualification and then you start, then you, then you start your, your coaching practice. 
Then I start my coaching practice. I left formal employment uh, end of September last year. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then I started my coaching practice. I'm so curious about what happened then, but we'll get to that later in, in the conversation. Um, my, my next question would be, Lindy, so you've been in, 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 in the full-time coaching space uh, probably yes. about 11, 11 months now, almost a year. Yes, yes. What keeps you there? You know, I think there's never been a better time to join coaching because you can coach online. Uh, the, uh, employees need so much coaching right now, or other people, people are going through so much right now with the pandemic, mm. with, um, there's a lot that people are dealing with. So mm. the passion for, specifically for me, it was the passion for leadership development mm. and how I see. And as I coach leaders, I realize <laughs> that they need somebody to handhold them. They need somebody to give them a thinking space. You know, as a mm. leader, uh, you, you are too scared to say to your team, you know what, I don't have the answers right now. And VUCA, with all the changes that are rapid that are going on, no one leader has got all the answers. So I mm. find that leaders find that thinking space and and you know leaders don't even, because of the changes, rapid changes, they don't have space to reflect. So mm. as a coach, and that's what keeps keeping me there because I can see the value I add. I can see how after a coaching session, leaders say, wow, you, you helped me think this through. You know, mm. we don't have time to think. We are always running, 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 running. So mm. that, that's my passion. And I also experienced that as a leader. There was never time to think. There was never time to step back and reflect. Uh, there was never even time to think about the long-term implications of your decisions. So mm. coaching provides that space. Mm. So, Lindy, people listening, some, some of them might either just be maybe in the first few months of starting their own coaching practice, or they might have been thinking about starting their coaching practice. What advice would you have for individuals who are thinking about starting their own coaching practice or who might be in month number two from, from, from your journey as a coach? So I would say know your passion uh, because Mm. the journey is not easy. So if you decide to go on to coaching, it must be something that you are very, very passionate about Mm. and don't be a loner. Um, Mm. And fortunately what I've found is that, the coaching environment or the industry is very, in my experience, is very generous. Uh, mm. If you are not a loner, people will invite you to come and join them, to come and work with them. For instance, now I work with uh, Change Partners, mm-hmm. one of the oldest um, coaching, uh, executive coaching companies out there. So you are invited based on the skill that you bring and the experience that you bring. So I would Mm -hmm. say don't work as a loner. Mm -hmm. Uh, Network. uh, So also look at non-traditional potential clients. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's still worth it to just focus on coaching, as I said, senior executives. You can Mm -hmm. coach teams, you can coach uh, individuals at lower levels you can co- do life coaching as well so there's mm. so much need 
out there, but also familiarize yourself with technology and mm. use it to coach, but also use it to promote your business. Mm. Mm. Thank yeah. you. So, Lindy, when it comes to practicing coaching, what is your philosophy? What is your definition of how you practice coaching? So I see coaching as a partnership, as I said, mm-hmm. with the coaches. Mm-hmm. Uh, you are working with them hand in hand and you are a partner. You mm-hmm. also don't have all the answers, but you co-create the answers with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. In the past, I think uh, there was a view that coaches will help bring out all the answers. It's not like that now in the in the in the modern times. You mm-hmm. partner with the coaches and you work with them in their journey. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also, I st- as I said, I studied a postgrad diploma in systemic coaching. Mm-hmm. Systemic coaching looks at uh, the needs of your stakeholders and aligns the business. Uh, with the needs of the stakeholders. Uh, mm-hmm. And therefore, I help uh, stakeholder uh, uh, co- uh, executives or rather leaders and teams mm-hmm. align their product to the, to the needs of the stakeholders. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So given, given Lindy, that you have um, completed your master's in the, in the field and also have done additional training, which comes with its own sets of theories and ideas about how to practice coaching. What are the foundational theories at this stage in your coaching practice that's central to how you operate as a coach? So right now, I, my real uh, theories that I use are around systemic coaching, mm-hmm. both systemic team coaching and systemic coaching. So mm-hmm. that's my anchor, if I may call it that. That's what drives my, my coaching. Hmm. When, when people emerge from training, they m- might feel like they are in the swamp of knowledge. Every theory and every um, tool that, that might be available is available. What advice would you have for people that might feel swamped by the amount of tools and knowledge and theories? How do they navigate that space as coaches? Yes, and there are many theories, but I think if you go with what feel with what makes sense to you and with mm-hmm. what feels comfortable with you, mm-hmm. uh, for instance, uh, systemic team coaching makes so much sense to me because it's about aligning what you do with what your stakeholders need, mm-hmm. and most of the time, organizations are very internally focused. They even forget that they they are serving stakeholders out there. So Mm. um, it's important for me, what works for me is the fact that, for instance, I will bring stakeholders as role players uh, into the room, put an extra Mm. chair in the room and say, okay, future generations as a stakeholder are sitting there. Uh, the environment is sitting there as a stakeholders. So mm-hmm. the decisions that you take now, what do you think future generations will think of these decisions? What do you think um, the environment will, will, how will it be impacted by these uh, decisions? You know, we mm-hmm. were coaching a team uh, last year and we put, and it was very interesting because we put COVID as a stakeholder. And the team said, <laughs> no, 
We never thought COVID was a stakeholder. And mm-hmm. I said to them, how does COVID impact on your business? And they 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 went blank. And sadly, their business was impacted by COVID. They were never really ready for COVID. They were never really ready to move into a virtual space in time. It took them time. And most of us didn't know that COVID was going to last so long. Mm. Yes. So, Lindy, when you think about the clients that you serve, uh, would you say that you're a, a generalist or a specialist in terms of how you practice? I think I'm a specialist because right through our talk now, I was just talking about uh, leadership in organizations, mm. teams in organizations. I'm sure there are other types of coaches who um, offer different forms of coaching, uh, life coaches, uh, you know, there are even people who offer financial management coaching. It depends on what you bring. As a, so I, my focus is on leadership, organizational leadership, organizational teams, and helping them improve their performance. Do you have a preference as to the organizations that these leaders work for, or is it just leaders in organizations? No, I think leaders are leaders. Leadership uh, is, for me, is leadership in any organization, whether mm. it's the private sector or the public sector or even uh, NGOs. Leadership, mm. leaders in modern times face similar types of challenges. Lindy, how did you choose your niches? I think it was based on my experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I bring authority because I've served more than 15 years in senior leadership uh, positions. I've been exposed to boards, uh, oversight structures, um, even to parliament and parliamentary committees. Uh, And I know I've got this broad view and I know what leaders are expected to do. So for me, I think I chose this area because it's an area that I think I can add value in. Mm. 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 So, as with the incredible amount of theories and tools and knowledge that is out there when it comes to practicing coaching, there's also a myriad of markets that potential coaches can align themselves with. And I'm curious, when it comes to um, what I'd call the, the marshland of client overwhelm in terms of choice, what advice would you have for coaches that are starting out that might feel overwhelmed by the amount of people they can coach. And let's say these coaches do want to have a focused focus mark, market. How do they go about identifying this, this focus market? So I would say start with what you, 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 you know, an, an area that you know best. But also mm. another way of doing it is to start broadly. And don't just go into a niche market right from the beginning. Just start broadly. Um, allow yourself the space to experience various um, coaches in different areas. And then mm. you'll realize that, no, actually, I'm very, very passionate about this area. For instance, in my case, even though I coach leaders, I pay specific attention to women leaders. 
because mm. I have worked as a woman leader. Mm. So I went broad and I coach leaders, coach all leaders. But when it comes to women leaders, I pay special attention to them. So my mm. advice would be, if you don't have a niche right from the beginning, just go broadly, experience what is out there. You will find what what you add value in and what works for you. Mm. Thank you, Lindy, for the time you spent with us, and thank you for the wisdom that you that you shared with us. Thank you so much, Dupi.